Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Stop Hammer Time. On this week's Stop Hammer Time, which is the worst West Ham team you can remember? The women's team or the men's team? Uh, the women's team, of course, lost 8-0 to Chelsea at the weekend and we managed a draw with uh, Watford. Which is the Brighton. worst... Uh, Brighton. Which is the worst... Uh, sorry, sorry, Jim Grant. Sorry. Jim Grant. Joining Start us, Jim again. Grant. Start again. Call joining, me a pedant. <laughs> joining us, Jim Grant. Uh, and also we... Uh, anyway, uh, well, that's that introduction just made Hello. Uh, uh, Jim Grant <laughs> is with us. Hello, Jim. Hello, hello, hello. Coming up on the podcast uh, is... 29 points enough to stay in the Premier League because that could be the only... What, what are we on? 29? Is it 29? 26? No. 20, 24, 24, 24, I would say. Maybe I was imagining we'd be... We'd get yeah. points. Is that enough to stay up? Because we might not win another We're game. We're in before. the bottom three, so probably not. Uh, we'll no. discuss that uh, during no. the course of this podcast. Well, there's no point in discussing it. With me on this week's Stop Hammer Time... Jim Grant. Good Hello. evening. Uh, I, I alluded to you earlier. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. Uh, you are here. I and you're here. still here. Uh, yes. Seconds later. Yes. Um, also joining us this week, it is the author of now four autobiographical books about uh, one young man and now middle-aged stroke elderly man's relationship with West Ham United. Uh, They began with an irrational hatred of Luton and has ended with his fourth book. Well, perhaps not ended. There might be another. But uh, currently, the run currently is at an end with an irrational hatred of everything. It's Robert Banks. Hello, Robert. Good evening. Uh, How are you? I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I'm not too bad. Jolly good. A little closer to the microphone, if you will. Oh, really? Yeah. And... uh, Love the microphone. So, Love it. we've played uh, two games of football since we last spoke to you. Uh, we we lost. And then we played a game that felt like a loss, didn't we, uh, at the weekend? Because we felt threw. like more, in a weird way, felt like more like a loss in a... In more a, like a loss than the actual loss. Sur- yes, in a, a funny, yes. weird... In a weird, way, surreal way. Surreal way. Yeah. Mm. Um, so... Let's. Why don't we begin with the start? Brighton game and okay. sort of fold the uh, Liverpool game into our discussion, mm, like a like a like a souffle. souffle. So souffle. 
With Social Leicester. media, there was a lot of rage at the loss, and I think we were we were not happy. What with the, the loss, loss that was a loss, or the loss that uh, felt like a loss? Sorry, yeah, the draw, the <laughs> yeah, draw. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's okay. Uh, I, I like to call it a loss. I was just clarifying for our my affectionate for our nickname listener. for that game of football is a loss. Lossy, I call it lossy. <laughs> Dear Lossie. I let it dear, on, dear Lossie. I let it jump on my lap. <laughs> See, who is listening? Because I'm struggling. here. Uh, <laughs> yes, it's very... Oh. Probably, possibly no one. Hmm. We just carry on. Um, yes. Um, so I'm just getting Rob to... I didn't, didn't do a sound check before. Uh, Can you hear me, Leon? So, so... Um, Lossie the loss. Yes. Yeah. I could understand some of social media's immediate outpouring of rage because it was, uh, you know, it was an opportunity missed. Uh, and um, obviously uh, d- uh, disappointing uh, just generally. Now, some of the more reasonable posts I saw, uh, uh, you know, questioned the tactics of the second half, especially mm. the substitutions. And I think that's a pretty valid argument. However, in mitigation, we just didn't come out in the second half of that game. We simply didn't come out. And I think the substitutions uh, were a kind of adjunct to what was already going to be a very poor performance. Our third goal was undeserved and against the run of play. Yeah, and I turned to you and said, I think even before they uh, got their own goal from the corner, we just haven't haven't turned up in the second half. And it was very, very apparent. And... um, you know, I, I, the, 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 the goal that let them back into it was unfortunate, possibly the one that VAR should have looked at because there did seem to be a tangling between Murray and Fabianski and Fabianski yes. clearly felt that his arm was held, which is why, you know, he would normally... If that felt like it should have been a routine catch. Yeah. Um, uh, and he normally does that. Or so, a firmer punch. Or a firmer punch, yeah. maybe. Um so, you know... Yes, he should have complained more, didn't he? He yeah, complained a bit, no, but well, in a kind yeah, of sulky yeah, well, teenager yeah, way. He I should think, have know, ran up to yeah, the referee yeah. and yelled into his However, face. However, you know, it was, it, was, it was symptomatic of the way we'd started, started the half and the way we went on, really. I thought we were wretched in that second terrible, half. Terrible, terrible. I thought we were wretched. And, and um, in the end, overall, if you look at the game overall, we, it was a lucky point, actually. Mm, mm. Brighton should have been two nil up before uh, before we scored. Yes, in the first half we played okay. The first half I was sort we of tip good for in the first half. We were okay. It felt weird, it didn't it? We had some I think chances. If you put it in juxtaposition with the other three games that we played, I know we'll get back onto Liverpool later. But um, after the West Bromwich game the previous Saturday, and most parts of the Everton game, and, and most home games leading up to that, we've not even looked like opening up a two goal lead. So to to have a two goal lead, it felt like we were playing well, even though we weren't. Yeah. Mm. To me, and and the atmosphere in the ground was pretty good. Um, good atmosphere was, yeah, and good support, support was, and, was and good. noisy. I thought and, you know it was good. Um, and but, which but, made it all the more disappointing. Yeah. But in the first half, although yeah, we had you know we had some good chances and we did play some decent football. They passed through our midfield. Uh, at will, didn't they? It was mm. far too easy to, for them to get into attacking positions, uh, particularly down the flanks, and that continued to be the case. Their fullback, their overlapping fullback, Montoya, whatever his name was, had the freedom of the. Our fullbacks were terrible. 
on uh, I mean, Fredericks just didn't look anywhere near match no, fit. He looked like and Cresswell had a shocker. And uh, you know that that they they got round the back of us time and time and time again at will. It was like you know we weren't there really. So the um, uh, they did they did uh, uh, cut through our midfield. I mean not just the flanks, uh, but our, our midfield. And for yeah. uh, for about yeah. two years now, our, our problem has been possibly even longer has been our midfield. Uh, quite often the. the sort of back four or back five, whatever we had, have been kind of scapegoated. But ultimately, the problem was that that we were just losing in midfield uh, under Bilic and under Pellegrini sometimes as well. Um, And uh, one thing that really struck me, uh, especially in the second half when we slightly collapsed, was that um, obviously uh, Suchek is coming in as a a midfielder and... uh, the, uh, there's a sort of feeling that um, uh, the one that he might conceivably replace is Noble. And I was sort of surprised when I saw the team set up that uh, everybody was in. Snodgrass, Rice and Noble and the new guy. And the flair players were kind of sacrificed. And I thought, mm. oh, well, that's odd. But... At the same time, Fornells is not a game changer and Lanzini is on bad form. So I didn't think it was the the most insane decision I've ever seen. Uh, Anderson is also injured, obviously. Um, but it did seem like, okay, this is all our sort of meat and potatoes, sort of pragmatic sort of footballers in one, in one lineup. But also, as we sort of fell apart in the second half, I sort of thought that, that the the... The combination of Rice and Noble is something that that I feel should be sort of looked at because we we every time we talk about getting a kind of a sort of box to box midfielder into the team, uh, I've I've sort of thought well, we've got uh, England's uh, sort of. Uh, defensive midfielder Declan Rice is in the team and Mark Noble who is great and a very talented footballer so what is going wrong in the midfield and I really sort of thought in the second half they are less than some of their parts yeah. and I don't yeah, think they work very totally well agree, the, yeah. there's a real problem that they're both talented footballers but they actually don't work very well together and I I really noticed against Crystal Palace, um, which we ended up losing sort of the slightly. Away one. Uh, no, the home one, no. where we, that started with the, the rice handball in the penalty area. Because we oh. should have won that game. We should have won that yes. game. We were good enough to yeah. win that game, and we didn't win it. Uh, but one thing I noticed was that I can't remember if Lanzini wasn't playing. In one of the earlier games, Lanzini had sort of taken a kind of forward role and was sort of closing down their defenders and goalkeeper. In that game, whether he was playing or not, uh, he wasn't doing it. So Noble was kind of running out of midfield and sort of closing down the goalkeeper and was running around everywhere. And it left uh, the centre circle completely empty. And what happened was that a Palace player walked into it got the ball and then distributed it to sort of Zahar or maybe Andros Townsend or Max Gradle or one of those guys they've got to then go and terrorize our defense. And um, they, they don't seem to have that sort of uh, instinct to if one moves forward, the other just stays there and protects the center circle. I, I yes, I you mean, that, that, that might be right. I, I, I wonder whether it's not just about instinct. It's just about legs. It's just about pace absolutely it's just about being able about to run around and cover the ground and that's what i feel we've been lacking is that 
uh, midfielder with kind of energy and so I mean I think Rice is is a terrific player. I mean his his performance against Liverpool was outstanding. Um, he was I felt the best player on the park against against Liverpool. Um, uh, but he, he can't do it week in week out. A lot is being placed on his shoulders. Noble, we were talking, we were worried about Noble's lack of lack of pace. Uh, you know. Uh, Five, in the early five, yeah yeah <laughs> you know how many years ago and noble will you know one in three or four games noble turns it on and is fantastic but he is not he's struggling i think with the game you know with 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 the amount of pitch he's expected to cover game in game out and i i feel you know suchek has clearly been brought in as a as, as an attempt to kind of address that problem that we've known is a problem you know we we've we, we've had a succession of good, fairly good, energised midfielders going back to uh, Barami, Parker, Diame, uh, Chiarty when he first came in, you know, Obiang to an extent. And, but, you know, they've all gone and, and, and eventually now we're left without that kind of energetic, yeah. pay, you know, pacey, get in their faces midfielder, which a lot of teams in the Premier League have, you know. I thought we had a fairly good game, Suchek. Um he faded, he, didn't he? He, he but faded, was, was but he, his passes found their target, and he was he was up and down quite and a bit. He could have scored. He nearly scored. Yeah. Um, but the, the the thing that strikes me is that I don't know if it's just the size of the pitch or or what, but since we moved there, we've not had that player that stands on the ball in the middle of the pitch and just says and picks out a pass. Lanzini can't do it. There's there's no one with stature in the middle of the field. No one that no one that the team sort of revolves around. Well, there was there was a there was a uh, a news story. I mean, you know, it's the internet, so whether it's news or a story is debatable. But there was um, something that said that one of those one of our poorest performances this season, one of the cup games, I guess. Noble had a kind of you know motivational stroke, furious rant at halftime where he said, uh, "I can't do everything." I can't do everything. And part of the problem is that Mark Noble sort of has a free role in the games in which he is very good. Um, Similarly, Suchek seemed to have a free role uh, at the weekend. Uh, Declan Rice. We talk about Declan Rice and his prospects and, and whether he's going to be a fixture in the England team or not. And sometimes we say... I'd like to see him get on the ball a bit more and sort of, you know, do Billy Bonds type lung busting runs into the other team's penalty. If every fucker in the <laughs> field has a free role and just does what the fuck they want, teams will cut through the centre of the mm. park. You know, uh, Noble is almost at his best when he has a free role. He's like an attacking midfielder. You know, he's, that's when he's best. Sometimes he gets to the byline and, and puts a cross in. You know, he's he won the penalty against uh, Bournemouth, opened the scoring by running in, bursting into that's their why penalty. I was a little surprised you know. that the, the formation seemed to be Rice in front of the back back four. It was, wasn't it? And um, Suchek and Noble both pushed on, wasn't it? it was yeah, like, it was like they were all like the central midfield pair with with one behind them. And I was half expecting it to be a sort of a triangle the other way round, that Suchek was going to be alongside Rice um, and Noble was going to be given a, a, as you say, a freer, more advanced role. Uh, and maybe that eventually that will become a role that someone like, um, you know, either Fornals, although Moyes doesn't seem to fancy him, or an Anderson even might, well, might play. Um, 
But uh, no, Suchet was quite advanced, wasn't he? He played yeah. quite quite far forward. The, in the, in the uh, breakthrough game in the Pellegrini season was the away game at Everton, where Yarmolenko scored a couple of games, and it wasn't just the um, sort of discovery or or initial using of Yarmolenko that was the breakthrough. But one thing was the triangle. Of in midfield, which was an inverse triangle with one in front of the back four, which was Rice, but it was a kind of new Declan Rice who'd just been sort of stepped up from central defender to defensive midfielder. So he was very enthusiastic to move further up the pitch. And then in front of him, Noble and, as you say, Obiang. But actually, the other guy could, that could be Snodgrass, but it could also be Lanzini. It could be someone else because you've got. Um, you've got a sort of defensive spine because Noble has defensive instincts. Declan Rice was put in an absolutely pragmatic defensive role. And that triangle worked well in that shape. And I, it, it was funny because, because Pellegrini seemed to sort of lose yeah. faith in that yeah. shape. And he turned, yeah. The, the, yeah. turned it the other way round, yeah. turned the triangle the other way round so that at its base were two... Yeah. players screening well, back four I, I and one up front. Some of the and I teams li- we might do that with under yeah, Moyes. I, I, liked, I, I liked that because they they looked after each other in that formation. There, yeah. was, a little tr- there was a little triangle of passes between them. And, you know, there's, it's not by accident that that, you know, little triangle's expression is quite a fixture in yeah. football. But that... Yeah. that Set of three players worked very well. well it was one of Obiang's better games in a in a West Ham shirt. I it think. was, yeah. It was his lovely little cushioned ball through for Arnautovich that led to the first goal in that Everton game, and Mm-mm. you know he he was terrific. Um, parenthetically, because you mentioned him, can we can I just have a, a, a little a little word in praise of Snodgrass because yeah, you know he was someone who um, West Ham fans turned their nose up mm. at when he arrived. Man, you know, Bilic in fancy it went out to on loan, um, uh, but he has forced his way into. It. He shouldn't really be in the team, should he? I mean, he should be a squad player who's filling. Yeah. You know, but Obiang should have. He's oh, sorry. He, um, Fornell should have been yeah, his replacement. Should, yeah, twenty-three minutes should easily should have been be. Yeah, God, what's he doing still in the team? Hmm. He's seeing them off because he is one of the few players that we have at the moment who performs consistently. Uh, to a level that is his level and uh, at the moment it's just about okay at Premier League level um, and that he has end, well. he has end product yeah. he's yeah. got end product from a dead, to a dead ball situation um, he creates chances those those free kicks he put in at Sheffield United the goal that he was there popped up for the finish that should have counted at Sheffield United he had that chance yeah. away at Wolves where he busted a gut and then buggered it up of course because he is limited mm. you know he hit a couple of great strikes I know they got deflections but they were well, he got his laces through the ball both yeah, yeah. times and they were on target you know cracking goal why, at Palace if, as well if everybody ra- yeah exactly yeah. and if everybody raised their level just to just to where he is well, also in terms he, of vis-a-vis their own ability we wouldn't be anywhere near the problems we're in now. Yes, he seemed also to um, have an engine that kept going for uh, yeah. uh, most of that game. You know, Noble faded um, in that second half, sort of couldn't get into the game at Brighton at the weekend. No, he's super fit. He's fit as a butcher's dog. He isn't seems, he seems he's super uh, fit. Yeah, he seems fit yeah. and strong. And, and he's a committed... I, I, I've, come to, I've come to adore him. And at the moment, at the moment, bizarrely, 
Uh, he's my hammer of the year at the moment. Well, he's sort mm. of undroppable, isn't he? I mean, he... Yeah. he well, he's uh, the only one who actually scores or creates him, goals. We dropped him away at Everton or so. Yeah. Was it earlier this uh, season? Yeah, Did he not play? Yeah. we were like, yeah. he should play in that game. Yeah, yeah. Didn't we get turned over? 2-0 uh, Everton earlier this season. We yeah. were turned over fairly effortlessly, and I don't think he played. Yeah, that's right. He was dropped. Right. Um, yeah, I mean, that was a problem with those substitutions in the second half. But, I mean, I'm not sure that's entirely the fault lays with Moyes, because I think... Uh, the substitutes were not better or indeed as good as the players that were substituted but they played on Wednesday and you have to substitute modern football involves substituting players for fresh legs but basically Lanzini and, and um, Fornals were not as good as Antonio and Snodgrass well, so we have a problem with Antonio. We have a problem with Antonio, don't we? You know, he's he's got he's the one with energy and attacking threat and pace and power. Um, but he, he, he even when he's properly fit, he struggles to last ninety he has minutes. Has to be kept in cotton wool, and you've got he? to look after him because yeah. if we yeah. lose him again, you know, for any length of time, we are we are really short of attacking threat, especially while Anderson is not in the team, and you know, and we all know Anderson's form is not what it was. Um, so it's it's still looking grim. Um, uh, there's a lot resting on the slightly slopey shoulders of Jared Bowen. Mm. Um, it'll be interesting. He, he's got a baptism of fire coming up, hasn't he? Yeah. Uh, interesting to think, how is he going to fit him in? Because he's not a big lad and he's more of an inside right kind of ride right. He's out, well. He's a kind of poor man's Alan Altovich. I, I can't imagine him starting either of the next two games with the the setup that Moyes is likely to go with. But he must be champion at the bit. I mean, he's I'm coming sure. off. You know, he's been he's scoring to, goals and fun up these at Hull. Purchases yeah. have got you know, to. He needs to get in and start playing. Doesn't we he? don't have. We do. We just don't have the luxury to go. Uh, oh, we'll, we'll. You know, he's one for the future. Well, no, no, do you mean I'm sure he'll be involved, but I don't think. I think it'll be Antonio in the middle and Bowen for. I mean, Haller's got to, got to, he's got to come out of the team. He has got to come out. I thought he was terrible. Well, I think there's a, a, I think there's a shape with a sort of front three. I mean, I think that sort of triangle that we had against Everton would, would, would really work. You might, you might have to drop. Well, I don't think you do actually. I, I would, uh, I would have uh, Rice at the back of that triangle, screening yep. the back four. I would have um, uh, Suchek and yeah. Noble in front of them, yeah. or possibly Suchek and Snodgrass in front of them. Yes, I would, yeah. and then I would have a front three of um, uh, Bowen, Antonio, and Allaire. Yeah. Right, okay. I still think Hellaire's a great player. I think I think he will do come you? good. I think he will come do good. You? Me I too. Do. Yeah, I thought no, he was, I really I do. I'm losing our grads no. because I'd like I I don't normally lose. I am losing faith in him. Yeah. You know, one well, thing he's I'm, losing faith in his colleagues, I think, and that's well, the worry. Yes, yeah, one thing I really noticed make, that you know, make something happen. He one thing I really noticed happen. that happened on Saturday was that this is sort of slightly what you get with Antonio was that he sometimes. Allaire did a give and go with him where the ball just didn't come back and he'd made a run, you know, and they are like the front two, but Antonio doesn't form a strike partnership with someone because he doesn't have the guile. He doesn't have the guile to play someone in. He takes it and blazes it over the bar or he takes it or he'll run into the area and run too far. You know, sometimes he manages to break a couple of tackles, get to the byline and then put a hopeful cross Across, across, but he doesn't. There were given goes where where Haller just didn't get it back, and uh, and he, you know, I mean, he kept going, and 
you know, I think maybe he he sort of thought, okay, well that's 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 how it breaks. But like, he needs to get it back if he's going to put it in the net in the end. You know, and quite a lot of those things, he just didn't get the supply. Some of those balls low and hard across a penalty area. You know, there was one that was cut out by a Brighton defender that he was absolutely on that and it was in the net if it had made his way through to him. But it, the Brighton player got a toe to it. I think you're being indulgent. I, I, I'm disappointed in him. I, I don't think he's the player we thought we were getting. Um, he might need a um, spell on the sidelines. but I think he I probably think, does. I think, I think his will. confidence I think is shot. Uh, and I think he does need to, some time. Yeah, but in this day and age, you don't get the chance to sit on the well, sidelines. No, especially for... with your... You know, the squad is so thin. I mean, you know, the, the thing is, we, we signed him, but we didn't sign... We, you know, we lost strikers in, in you know, and uh, Andes especially. Um and we needed to, we needed to bring in a better second striker yeah. than Ajeti. Yeah, you, know? you don't see him tearing up and, the trees. And do you? clearly at Frankfurt he did have a strike partner who was very very good. Um, you know, maybe Bowen will work better with him. I like what I've seen. I, I haven't seen a lot. I've seen kind of you know bits on the on the telly and from time to time. You know, you didn't take a lot of notice of of players. If you know in the Championship, you know you just catch them from time to time. But he does look. Decent, doesn't he? He does look like he's got energy and, you know, he's young and hungry. So. Well, let's move away and talk about what's coming up after this message. Welcome back. Uh, well, we are... Um you know, we we got one point instead of three, so we are, uh, um, you know, in a in a in an ever increasing uh, world of pain. Uh, and we could. Uh, um, That's just generally prospect. being a West Ham fan. Yeah. I mean, I think you know it was last week's uh, podcast with um, yourself and Colin, Jim, that I, I think I, I first. Because both of you said you thought we'd go down, I did, and, I, and that. I that hasn't really occurred to me until you said yeah, it last week, yeah, and now I'm thinking, thinking, oh no, it's a very real possibility. Oh, I think now. it's more likely than not. Definitely. Yeah, that's uh, that's extraordinary. I mean, I think that's still that's still sinking in for me. Um, uh, I, I I thought the second half absolutely stank of relegation mm. on Saturday. Yeah, we reeked of it. We we couldn't get near them, and they aren't, you know. I mean, we made Mopai, whatever his name is, look like look like Hazard, didn't we? I mean, he he just absolutely rang. He is absolutely the player that Lanzini suddenly now isn't. Oh. Um, and we have, you know, they, they just they just played triangles. They just knocked. They just went through us. So well, the number of times they cut the ball back from the byline, we were very great save from uh, from Fabianski. Um, to keep that long right range, at the very end, right near the end, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah um, it was going in. That was going in. Um, but I think he was at, obviously at fault. Well, possibly at fault with the corner with the with the with the interference from Murray. I thought he. Was, I thought four players were at fault for their second goal. I mean, I thought yeah, Masuaku. What was he? What, what was he doing? Ogbonna. What the bloody hell was he doing? <laughs> Diop. What the fucking hell was he doing? Fabianski, what was he doing? Yeah. He should have been off his off his line. Scratching he should have his bum. he should have been reading that. He, yeah, he was he was back on his heels, you know. Um, so between them, it was just a catastrophic piece of of, of, of poor defending. Having luckily got ourselves into a three-one mm. 
lead and sort of that you've got to you have got to tie those things you've got to see that game out with quarter of an hour to go Masuaka we started Masuaka was too casual wasn't he kind of like Mm. hit it sort of hoping to hit one of our midfielders but he hit one of their midfielders it was like he needed to really put his laces through it and hike it up the pitch rather than just bash it into the middle of the park it was a very strange because of the the bounce kind of had backspin didn't it it took it sort of looked like Diops to me and it took him by surprise Um, yeah between they left it to each other yeah. Bonner had plenty of time to put his foot through it and just clear it out of the way um i think the head you know the, he misjudged the the do, sort of diving header back to the keeper but i think the keeper should have been nearer to him yeah 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 um I, i'd pay quite a lot of the blame for that on fabianski actually mm. so he didn't have didn't cover himself in glory until you know he did, but he made a couple of good saves and he made some very good saves against liverpool we haven't talked yeah. much about liverpool no no because i think out of context you know we would be saying if we were kind of mid-table or something, we'd have been saying, "Oh, that was a good performance against Liverpool." We've done, we've yeah. done better than a lot of teams have done against Liverpool. We created good many chances against them. We did. We, we created more we chances were, than they. We have. worked really hard and were well organised and made them pass it sideways a lot. Um, yeah, I thought. You know, I thought. I thought. Yeah, absolutely. It was a really good performance. It was very encouraging, wasn't it? it? I think think Rob, you sort of posted on Facebook that you were sort of... uh, Yeah, a a 2-0 defeat felt better than a 1-0 defeat. And and that's that's West Ham. Um, Another thing, as an aside, and and I've always said, and it's a recurring theme through through my books, is that part of the the whole point of supporting West Ham is is the, the camaraderie and the you know the the fun you have while you're doing it rather than going to watch entertaining football um but i had um guests with me uh, a couple of colleagues mundip and alex and and, and a, a friend of mine from years ago who's who'd flown in from mexico uh to see the game he'd la- literally landed at heathrow at four o'clock and i'm oh, a liverpool it. fan they're all they were all they're oh, all liverpool okay. fans and and hate me for it if you like but they were in the home end um very respectful and they were so complimentary about the London Stadium, um, said they thought it was really impressive, good atmosphere, um, easy to get around, navigate around, um, easy to get a beer, easy to, you know, mm. and they, okay, they're team one. But um, from from their perspective, they thought it was fantastic. That was a good so game. So interesting. Um, yeah, no. You know, no. and, and um, you know, there's been a lot of hoo-ha about, visiting supporters being in the home end but get over it well they um, used to do it at Upton Park Man yeah. United fans used to do it at Upton Park all the time yeah so, I'm sure it happens to football you know, fans it happens all, all over the place yeah, yeah I've been, um, I've been in the home end yeah, several times in at various other grounds the, uh, yeah. um, you just keep a button on it don't you yeah you just behave respectfully yeah, you pre- yeah. yeah it's, it's, I, think, I think that's the issue I think that people people moaning on social media about other other kind of you know fancy wear, kind of you know wear colours and yeah. kind of make a noise and stand up and you know you know don't you don't do that that's mm. that's that is disrespectful the uh i didn't see any replays of the penalty which i assume probably was a penalty uh against liverpool i think but, it, was. Uh, it probably was but um the referee was desperate uh to give it wasn't oh, he oh yeah I mean, you, you could see the enthusiasm the the <laughs> the Time leading up to the penalty, I don't know when that came, so like 35 minutes, maybe something like that yeah. in the game. Um, you know, things have been very equal. We, we've been very good. I don't think referees necessarily sort of have to, you know, are, are obliged to reward the underdog. But um, 
the you know the other end of the spectrum is like rewarding the kind of likely Premier League winner because somehow that the narrative of football that season sort of requires you to do it, it was um, was really apparent in that every single fifty fifty if a player went down the decision went their way oh. until that penalty came in and then he, it felt like the the you know felt like the fruition of that first half totally. hour was was totally. uh, was he like just that, wanted that, to he I, just yeah, wanted to give them United something. always used yeah. to get those decisions. He just wanted to give them something from the outside. And it's like the body language was shocking, though. Yes, the, 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 yeah. the, 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 you know, it was. Um, <laughs> I mean, it really was. It was immediate, and you could like, oh, oh, it was good, almost, good. Almost, penalties. It was like almost celebrating, almost it. before the contact yeah. had been made. Yeah. He had his whistle in his lips. Yeah, 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 yeah it was a bit like that. I mean, I hate. Yeah, I, it was. They these teams don't need this help that they get, and we all know that they get it I mean there was that game away at Chelsea I think it was away at Chelsea I think it might have been away yeah. at Chelsea to see that the, um, there was kind of a report in the papers oh how splendid Chelsea committed no fouls in the entire game I think it was the only time it's happened this season and yeah. I go, no they, no, they, they committed no loads of fucking <laughs> fouls yeah, they just yeah. weren't given <laughs> it's yeah, just like absolutely. it's ridiculous yeah yeah no, no yeah, we know that you have to put up with that kind of that kind of shit and obviously VAR has made no difference it's, it's gone against us however the Murray goal was a good goal. It was. It did its yeah. job there. He was. He didn't handle it. He got his arm out of the way. It came off his side. No, no. Actually, you know, you know the VAR and, goal and, should and have it been. has clouded the fact that nobody was fucking well marking him. Mm. You know. No. Yeah, the goal that VAR sort of should have looked at was was you know as we said, Fabianski should have yeah, complained about that more, one. Yeah, uh, yeah because yeah. because but, I think he was. I think Murray really had his arms around him, and it was a bit of the dark art. It, he's because pulling he his of, arm away. I mean, I, um, I think Fabianski sort of was kind of was kind of had his arm was trying to fend him off. Yeah, because um, he was doing that kind of jostling thing on the line, and he just held his left uh, yeah, arm did, and yeah, his, yeah. his right arm yeah. then punched the ball. He would he have caught the ball if it wasn't yeah. if his Don't arm was for another VAR debate, but. Uh, do they not check every goal as a matter of course? Is it not? I don't know. If a goal is scored, no, they... I don't know what. I don't okay. know. It's, I think it's. I think it's a did. shit I mean, show, you know. and they've got to radically rethink the whole. They've got to. It's, it's got ruining to be, the game in in terms of atmosphere and celebration and all that kind of thing. It, it is a real problem. The well, way it was that, awful, the way wasn't it? When the on when that the third goal went in and yeah, and yeah. you had that initial disappointment, and then oh, it's gone to VAR, possible handball. And, and then it goes. And it for took so long. So long. It took so yeah. long um, that you knew that it wasn't wasn't going to be overturned. Yeah. Um, but but surely it's got to be more of a cricket style thing where you get X number of reviews in a in a half. They've got to do something. About something's it. got I to think, change. I think they've got to put the referee much more in control of it. Um, you know, they don't. They, in this, they don't. It's very rare in, in, that they go over and look at the screen. It's very rare that you know. And it needs to be much more. Uh, open and 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 you know we need to be hearing the conversations that are taking place in the rugby union. You know the referee will say specifically, "I'm very happy that the grounding's okay. Can you just check it wasn't offside? Was mm. we wasn't in front of the kicker?" So the referee's controlling what he's asking mm. for, and I think you have to do the idea that somebody remote is looking at these things who's not in the heat of battle. I mean, you know, we all know over the years the the better referees or the referees have the better games. Do let some things go. Do yeah. kind of, you know, they're, they're, they're talking to the players on the pitch. They've got a feel for how the game is, is, is going. Um, and they're the ones that get respected. And those are the performances by referees that get respected. You know, if you take, 
power away from that that referee and you've got someone who's kind of you know um you know with the red cards you judging how um mm. uh you know how, the intention of a of a of a challenge or whatever can be really difficult i think if you're not there at the time in a way well uh, also it it makes it sort of utterly pointless to try and kind of spring the offside trap because uh if you're toenail is offside oh, you suddenly really are offside you know it's, it, yeah. they'll change you know that, that extraordinary um you know pre-var decision where where the ref the lines person didn't really seem to sort of uh, had never really seen the notion of springing the offside trap when um perez who was miles onside sort of bent his run to be onside yeah and our goal was was struck off against uh, Leicester, yeah. and you're like, can't you yeah. see what you know? It's a bit like this: the decision making being taken away from referees when you there's a way someone goes down when they're diving. Deli Alley is a master of the you know, where just all four limbs come off the ground and. Uh, and it's a weird sort of move that comes from gymnastics, practically. You just, that's what a dive looks like. And referees then go, oh, Stockley Park, take a look at this. Oh, no, apparently there was contact. So the reason he did that extravagant gymnastic Nadia Comaneci type dive was that there was a tiny piece of contact between the player's sock and his shin pad. And you're like, it's proving the wrong thing. It's yeah, proving yeah, yeah. the yeah. wrong it's thing. It's very frustrating. They have to change the offside law now. They have to. But, I mean, it's just, it's just absurd. Or they change the way the VAR response is interpreted. I mean, if you, you know, if essentially, if, 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 if as you say, someone's toenail offside, then effectively the linesman's not made a big error. No, no. So you shouldn't go against mm. it. It's like umpire's yeah. call in the cricket, you yeah. know. If it's close, then it shouldn't be then the linesman's yeah, done all right. Yeah. I mean, that you know... Uh, but then what do you define as close? And uh, Well, uh, they're, they're, they're exuding great confidence in the uh, in the technology. You know, are those lines across the pitch dead straight? Do we know that? Mm. What about the exact moment the ball is kicked? Yeah. Per frame, you know, how many frames are there per second? You know, are we absolutely confident yeah. that, you know... The ball you know, level, has travelled how much in one frame, you know. Level should be judged by the naked eye. It's when yeah. the base, the, you know, it, the, the part of the footballer that's not the extremities yeah. is level with the other, the opposition footballer's body. Do you know what I mean? That's, yeah, that's VAR checked. should be there. And it's. I think it was stated when it was brought in to, to reverse glaring errors, mm. things mm. that have really gone wrong that shouldn't have gone wrong. So things like the Snodgrass goal when, when Rice had the ball headed against his mm. hand, Ridiculous, totally ridiculous. Rob, you have a sheet of paper with you. Uh, yeah, just we're, we're going to come into um, the uh, the uh, hard part of this podcast, which is talking about what <laughs> what we might need to survive in this di- division. There's a lot of talk. There's a lot of talk on social media and in, in general media about the magic forty points, and um, made me think. Um, well, how many times has forty points actually been needed to stay up? So I had a quick look at all the Premier League seasons going back to when it started and discount the first three, which were um, 22 team leagues um, since 95, when, when the league was trimmed down to 20, the average number of points required to stay up is actually 35.58. So let's call it 36. And it's quite a big, it's quite a big spread. Cause we've mm. stayed up on, we stayed up on 35 in 2009, 10 
um, but we could have stayed up on 30. Um, yeah, extraordinary. Yeah, isn't it? which is quite ridiculous. But then the, on the other side, we went down on 42 in 2003. So mm. they're the two, the two extremes. But as I say, the average is is more like you know the the, there's the last three years it's been 34, 33, 34. There's a 37 in there, 35, 33, 36, 36. So that, that's the good news. The bad news is we still only got 24. Yeah. And I don't know where the fuck the rest of them are coming from. No, he's got to. I mean, I, you know, I, 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 when I was talking about kind of the the possibly shaky sort of relationship between uh, the midfield pairing of, of of Rice and Noble, the it sort of went without saying that sort of Suchek would uh, certainly on social media that that the player that was kind of the low hanging fruit in that thing that he might replace would be Noble. Noble is, however, sometimes the best player in the pitch, and not only the best player, he pulls the strings of the game, you know, away at Spurs, uh, which, you know, uh, was, um, you know, within the last calendar year. Uh, he was a man of the match. Spurs fans said that, you know. And, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Moyes has got to make some quite big, brave decisions, I think. He, he, you know, I, yeah. I, I, I'm not entirely sure that the low-hanging fruit is, in fact, noble. Uh, perhaps he will. Perhaps he will uh, instigate a sort of job-sharing thing with uh, the three of them now, because I'm not sure that, that if this guy's not better than Rice, Rice isn't isn't the one to go, which is unsort of thinkable, because there is a feeling that in order to hang on to him, he's just got to play every week and be indispensable. Otherwise, in the summer he will go. He will go. I'll, you know, and and someone like Manchester United will pick him, and then possibly he'll be consigned to the bench and uh, disappear into the annals of history, like you know Tom Cleverley. To be a brave man that would that would uh, for all sorts of reasons that would drop Rice. I mean, I think yeah, you know, in the game against Liverpool he was outstanding. Mm. I mean, he was the best player on the park in my view. Um, but in the first half against Brighton, come, the weekend, come and buy me Klopp uh, sort of performance, wasn't it? Um, in, in in the first half against Brighton, I mean, especially since since there was no Anderson, no Lanzini, no Fornells, uh, our only creative player on the pitch was Noble. Yeah, uh, no, Noble, no, I, I, I found that surprising. Noble oh, was playing yeah, with his yeah. head up and was yeah. looking for passes, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. And uh, um, there were some nice interchanges with Suchek actually, with <coughs> Noble actually one or two. Yeah, Suchek looks yeah, like a player. Yeah, he's looks all like right. a player. Yeah. You know, we'll soon knock that out of him. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, he looked like, um, you know, uh, um, hopefully at the Barami end of Barami versus Kovac. Yeah. He seemed to sort of run, <laughs> you know, he was very enthusiastic. He co- covered a lot of ground. He was popping up and occasionally looking like yeah. he might get on the yeah. end of something. But also was going back to cover, you know. He looks like what we what we need. But, I mean, who makes way? It's a quite a... You know, Noble goes missing for a couple of games because we go, oh, he's playing badly. He goes, And then, quite often, the improvement in the side comes when he returns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very he's already, difficult. He's already looking better than Kovac. It's just a question of whether he sends emails home to his mother. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. That would be good if he did. Yeah. Would it? It would. <laughs> It'd be great. Um... Yeah, yeah, so so I mean he's got um you know he's got a chance to blood these guys at uh, at the weekend. Well obviously uh Sujek has had his turn, but it's uh it's away at Manchester City at the weekend. Yeah, just well, like, you, know. you know anything it's a free hit, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Go for it. Hit. That's the only other thing is looking at these numbers is that um 
the average goal difference. Those 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 figures of thirty four points, thirty three points. That that is one team went down on that number, but obviously you'd have stayed up if you had a better goal difference. And the goal difference on average you would have needed is uh, minus twenty four or better. Um, and what are we on now? About minus. 14, yeah, something it's not like that. Too bad, is so it? it's not ridiculous. It's as long as we there, avoid yeah. complete spankings in the next two games, yeah, we could. Yeah. Well, that could be in that ballpark, mm, but it might not on uh, <laughs> either of them. <laughs> we've, only, we've only conceded three away on two occasions. Yeah. Well, we'll see. It'd be but, good. I mean, um, he's gonna, you know, yeah. he's gonna set us up to be hard to yeah. beat, isn't he? If possible. Yeah. Yes. Shall we remember better times? Yes. Sure. Shall yes. I, yes. Indeed. I think we should. You know. I. Uh, yes. Go on. No. Um. Been working on the audio version of of the book, and um, Martin East, who's recording it, um, uh, loves Jim's poem about Alan Devonshire, but uh, he was struggling with some of the. Um, what do they call it? The meat. Meter. Oh, I don't know. Uh, something. Oh, I, I don't. You <laughs> do know, Jim. You're an how? English teacher. <laughs> meter. I meter. Think meter. How, how you read it. The scan. The scan. How, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, I think, how it's, you, I think it's pretty free verse, to be fair. But, so uh, I think oh, the scansion, yeah, which is the where uh, that Trevor Brooking shot. <laughs> yeah, stuck in against hungry. Yeah, yeah, stuck yeah, in yeah. against the scansion. Oh, <laughs> we said you'd yeah, remember yeah, better yeah, times. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I thought it'd be a good idea if Jim read yeah. it again. Yeah, because you, 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 uh, I can't remember how it went. You posted that picture, or it was on a, a, an old program yeah. cover of him of hopping a picture, over of a defender. picture, yeah, yeah, of him kind of in midair hopping over defender. Of De- this is Alan I'll post it up again. It's a fantastic picture. Um, and I'd, I'd remembered, I, I can't remember what the conversation was, but one of my favourite ever West Ham games was in the relegation series season 88-89 in the League Cup. We played Liverpool at home. They were, they were going to win the double yes. that year, weren't they? Um, and it was that great Liverpool team. And uh, we just played them off the park that night and beat them 4-1. Paul Lintz, when Paul Lintz came scored to... two goals in the first half. There was a classic Steve Staunton own goal um you know that, that trumped even uh diop's ba- uh header back and uh a, a tony gale free kick mm. uh, and also uh and the ref tried even then the ref tried to get them back into it with a absolutely non-penalty award against alvin martin I and think. a lot of liverpool fans in the home end that night as well if i recall were there not, yes. not in my bit of the north bank but mm-hmm. uh yeah but um and i'd also got i'd had a friend over from new zealand who wasn't a liverpool fan um, but, had, but but wanted to come to to, to an English football game. He was a big rugby man, and uh, it was his first ever experience of English football. And what a night! I mean, it was just fantastic. And it was Devonshire's kind of you know, yeah, not his last towards, game, I don't think. No. Far, end, but he was yeah. getting towards the end. He was sort of had those long injuries, and and he was just kind of. But he really turned it on that night. The only time you'd fantastic. see him that far in the air now is if he had a huge <laughs> number of balloons attached <laughs> to the chair, like, like the bloke in the film Up. Up. <laughs> So uh, this is kind of the, the, the poem about Devonshire. So, um, Do you need me to stand and lean against the fireplace to listen to this, Jim? Yes, but that would what be very good. But if we have I'll a fireplace... My, I'll put my smoking jacket on. Smoking jacket on, a la Guy Demel. Yes. I'm ready. Okay. I'll admit I shed a tear when I saw that shot of Devonshire. Sparrow-legged but eagle-eyed, Evading the clumsy slide of some defender brute, it was beautiful. And suddenly I'm in that distant Denshire, 
that never-to-come-again cheer when Devonshire dazzled at Ellen Road and the light flowed out of him as he faints and wheels, electrozeals his way past clumsy Everton boots and shoots no stabs stiletto-like through keeper's legs. Ah, Devonshire. Mustachioed musketeer, our swashbuckling D'Artagnan shear, you sent me to Seventh Heavenshire so many times. The last in 89 when relegation beckoned, but Liverpool hadn't reckoned with your relish for the fight. That night it was your swan song, but blimey you were on song. With your long hair to everyone there, it was clear you were our laughing cavalier, oh Devonshire. Yet there was something poignant in those last few silky runs and flicks. Though still imposing, the lid alas was closing on your magic box of tricks. But you're still there, caught photographically in midair, in that still-remembered Wenshire, that never-to-be-forgotten thenshire, our Alan, Devonshire. Very nice, Jim. Very nice. I think that's a good note uh, on which to end. Yeah. Uh, or yeah. predictions yeah. could be. Um, let's predict the Manchester City mm. game. I just think we'll get spanked. I really, really, really do. They, uh, they, they coming off the back of the defeat against Tottenham. Which they're very furious about. <sighs> uh, <laughs> let's let's be optimistic. Say three 0 mm. To to the Hammers. Yep. <laughs> no. <laughs> no uh, City. Rob. Yeah. Um, they've not scored for two games in a row now. First time that's happened for, for ever. Um, so, who do they need to play? Yeah. 4-1. 4-1. I'm going to say 1-0. Uh, 1-0. Nice. All right. Um, that's it for this week's Stop Hammer Time. My name is Phil Whelans. With me have been Jim Grant. Cheerio. And Robert Banks. Good night. Cheers, Rob. Come on, you irons. This is a Playback Media production. Get all the associated links for this podcast at westhampodcast.com. Sports Social Podcast Network.